Hey, you're listening to Yo, This Can't Be Life, the podcast that aims to educate and inform Black women on how to take better care of their physical, mental, and financial health. I'm your host, Bree Montgomery, and I'm inviting you to join me as I interview resident experts to find out the cheat codes to living your best life. The information provided is intended to be general advice and should not be considered medical advice. For that, please consult your medical professional. Katrina Carter is a nutritional chef, certified personal trainer, and top-notch real estate agent. In addition to her successful career as a real estate agent, she earned her wellness coaching certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and became a professional meal prep chef, creating practical, holistic meal plans. Katrina's clients include everyday people who just want more out of life and celebrity NFL and NBA players, including Kevin Looney, Ivan Rabb, Jabari Bird, and Hardy Dickerson Jr. Katrina travels the country speaking on health and wellness, has been featured on Bravo, and released her book, Time to Eat Clean, Meal Prep Simplified, in 2018. And with that, let's get into the show. At this time, I'd like to welcome Katrina Carter to the show. Hello. Tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am Katrina Carter. I wear, as many people know, um, in my personal world, many hats. I am a chef and a health coach and also a realtor and a loan officer, which is kind of, I like to say, quote unquote, my day job. And I have been a chef to a one of the Golden State Warriors. I have been a chef to some NFL athletes and then have run my meal prep service since 2011. Awesome. So how did you end up starting in that arena? So long story short, when the real estate market went down in 2008, I transitioned into sales for a large fitness company. And while I was there, I went through my own weight loss journey. I lost 60 pounds while I was working at that fitness company. And at the time I was 38 and I had a lot of members who'd watch me go through my own process, who, especially women who were saying, you know, Katrina, you understand my journey. I was a single mom. A lot of them were single mothers are very busy. And it's quite often you want someone you could relate to. So I had members who would come up to me saying, you understand what it's like to try and work and be a parent and try to find time for yourself. Can you help me? And so I transitioned. Actually, first, At that time, I needed to make extra money. So I started just cooking meals on the side. And then more people kept asking me to do it. So I said, maybe I should go get trained in this. And I went to culinary school and started my meal prep service. And right after I started my meal prep service, I transitioned from sales into personal training and then became a coach and kind of developed that entire package of being a trainer, a coach, and a nutritional chef. Oh, wow. So at what point... Did you kind of transition into cooking for individual clients and then your celebrity clients? So while I ran my meal prep service, one of my clients, he was playing football for Cal for University of California, Berkeley, and he got drafted into the NFL. So that's how I got I went from cooking from him when he was in college to then cooking for him when he was um, in the NFL. And then I started getting referrals from there. And a lot of people in the sports arena here in the Bay Area, you know, they kind of flock in the same circle. So a friend of mine who is basketball coach at one of the high schools, 
has a good friend who is also a sports agent. And that's how I then end up cooking for even more athletes. And then one of the warriors. Oh, nice. Word of mouth is, you know, when you're cooking something good and it's still within those constraints that I imagine the athletes have to, or they should stay in certain constraints, you know, for optimal performance. Right. And that was the main thing. Why people kept coming to me was because they enjoyed the food. They were like, it's healthy. I'm getting my results and I'm enjoying what I'm eating at the same time. And that was how I started my own journey. I just, when I went through my own weight loss, I just started with how can I enjoy everything I love to eat, but just make it healthier. So I just started with recipe recreation and then went in more on this once I went to culinary school. And from there, I just kept playing with recipes and I kept evolving from there. And I just kept getting referrals left. Now, I'd never done any advertisement for my business at all. Everything was by referral. And I got to the point where I was cooking about 300 meals a week and kind of pulling my hair up um, just because it was scaling so much. And so I started to scale back um, to systematize the business and get help and then ended up turning majority of the business over to another chef, a friend of mine. Oh, wow. I mean, that is like crazy. I mean, talk about scaling up 300. Oh, yes. It was my son at the time was about seven or eight years old, and he spent majority of his time in the kitchen on an iPad, me helping him with homework or schoolwork or just having, you know, him doing fun things on there while I'm cooking all day or creating or because it was either I'm cooking for the clients or I'm working on recipe creation to come up with new menus for the clients. So it was just round the clock cooking and then deliveries. I was, I would probably go some days from four in the morning till one the next morning. Okay. So yeah. did you concentrate on a certain type of healthy diet? What did you do or how did you determine like if you were going to do a certain type of diet or was it like macros? I hear a lot of people use that kind of thing. How did you determine what quote unquote healthy was? So at that time when I started, the big buzzword was eating clean. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically just eating as minimally processed foods as possible. And that's pretty much all I've stuck to. Yes. I've had people who come to me about keto and paleo and gluten-free and, and like you just said, macros, or they want to focus on intermittent, intermittent fasting, but then eating whatever they want and not paying attention to the ingredients of the food. And my first and foremost was clean eating because I really believe the quality of the ingredients you put in, you put in your body is not just about weight loss. It's also about long-term health. And a lot of the diseases that we all have either encountered personally in our lives or know someone who has encountered them all have to do with the nutrition that goes in our body. And so that's why I really, really focus on just eating good quality ingredients, eating real food, eating whole foods. And still, that's my main priority to this day, even with all the other buzzwords that have come up. And yes, you might get results temporarily doing those things, but my focus is not just on weight loss, it's on long-term health. So that's really big. I've also written a natural remedies ebook because I'm just really big on putting nothing but natural ingredients, natural everything in our bodies. So that's where my focus is. Oh, that's awesome. It's very true. 
Because, I mean, really the ingredients, it's really not necessarily a fad or a thing like that. You know, it's just putting good things into your body and you'll definitely see the healthy results. And it's not always about weight loss. You know what I'm saying? It's about treating your body right. So that's a great philosophy. You said you had an ebook with the natural remedies. Did you offer that kind of thing in your service as well? Yes. To this day, actually, some of my former clients will text me if they're not feeling well and just ask me for tips of things they can do to get well quickly or just get well holistically. One of my favorite things this year has been what I call the garlic bomb. So taking a quarter cup of orange juice, a pack of emergency and four cloves of garlic and throwing them in a blender whenever you feel yourself starting to come down with something. And literally, it's like just a quick injection of major doses of vitamin C. And and then garlic is a natural antibiotic. Literally, I've sent that text to people probably 15, 20 times this year. (laughs) Man, yeah. And I know everybody, if they weren't before, they're very conscious of what's going on with their body and trying to make sure that they don't get sick and kind of stay at their healthiest point possible. Yes. When we're talking about meal planning, I know that you, you know, had the service where you were physically doing the meal prepping and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. if we're not working with someone like you and we're trying to go at this on our own, what are some of the first steps that you would do to go about kind of formulating your plan? So I'm glad you asked that. One of the things, one of the reasons why I was working on creating a meal prep coaching program, and I still, I I got so busy with my real estate loan business, I hadn't had time to finish that project. But I kept telling myself that if I could find time to meal prep for so many clients while doing everything else I was doing, that I could teach other people how to find time to meal prep for themselves. So one of the first things I tell people to do is kind of do a brain dump. And I like to say brain dumping as far as what's everything that you like to eat. Because cyclically, we kind of find ourselves eating the same things within a 30-day period where, you know, we have our staples, our go-to. Yeah, every now and then we'll do something different. But for the most part, we all kind of have our regimens of things that we eat on a regular basis. So I always say start out with making a list there and then looking at it like, okay, how could you enjoy some of those things and make them healthier? Maybe you can't do that yourselves, but we all have the internet. There's recipes everywhere for just about anything you can think of and creating a healthier version of it. So that's one of the things I look at and then saying, okay, how can I batch cook these things? For instance, I love roasting vegetables. I will roast some Brussels sprouts and I do this honey sriracha Brussels sprouts that I roast. Sometimes they're just a snack. Sometimes they're a side. Sometimes they're mixed with some other roasted vegetables and thrown over pasta or zucchini noodles. And then I have three meals out of one thing that I batch cook. So I like to do that with a lot of the things that I cook in, you know, maybe I'm going to roast some butternut squash in a large batch. I'm going to take part of that and throw it in a soup with a bunch of other vegetables. So now I'm, 
I'm kind of multitasking how I use the different foods that I cook. So that's one of the things I look at is once you make that first list of everything you'd like to eat, start to point out, kind of pick apart, okay, well, here's that same vegetable in these three different things, or here are the same, okay, I'm eating chicken in these things, but just different ways. So for instance, I'll take a roasted chicken and we'll use part of a roasted chicken, like one of those ones you buy from the store already roasted. Okay. There's a couple pieces I'm going to have on that first day, but then I'm going to take the rest of it and pull all the meat off of it and throw it in a pan with some oil and some seasonings. And now this is going to be the filling for some enchiladas. So now just use that for two different things. So I like to do show people how to do that in their lives repeatedly because then it doesn't feel like you're cooking nearly as much. Yes. And that is key, at least for me in my lifestyle, because that's why I even like that you said you don't even have to cook the chicken yourself. Just go buy one of the rotisserie chickens. So I like yeah. all the time hacks also. <laughs> and yeah. variety is good. So, you know, maybe you, like you said, to cook a big batch of the vegetables, but then season them different or put them in different things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't have to do more work, but you get in that variety. You think you're switching it up and doing different things. That was super great tips. When you're doing that, should you have themes or is just all about making sure you have a certain number of vegetables in a day? Do you do like say three meals and two snacks or like, is there kind of a philosophy about that part? In the beginning, I honestly feel like your best bet is to start with Like, don't feel like you have to come up with a full plan immediately. However, I do recommend that people meal plan by the month instead of by the week. And the reason why I say that is because it's really easy to look at a calendar and go, okay, I know I want to eat chicken twice a week. I want to eat fish twice a week. I want to eat beef once a week. And maybe I'm going to do vegetarian twice a week. Well, then it's easy for me to look at a whole calendar and go, okay, I'm going to do grilled chicken here, rotisserie chicken there, uh, chicken enchiladas here. Like it's easy to just plot that all out really fast and for a month if you think about it that way, as opposed to it starts to feel daunting if you have to start that task over and over and over again every week. Okay. So it's much easier to meal plan for the month in a one hour period, and I don't even think it would take that long, but in a one hour period, it's way easier to meal plan for the month than it is to sit down and think about what am I going to eat every week? Okay. Okay. That is really good. Cause then, then you can go ahead and do some bulk shopping, maybe free some things. So yeah, it's like really setting yourself up for success. Cause that way you don't have to find the time every week to do the run. Yep. Even if you shop, you know, every two weeks or something like that. I don't know. Sometimes with the fresh vegetables, you might have to go a little bit often. But hey, frozen works too, you know, for a lot of things. And like you mentioned, like, it also depends on where you live. If you can't go to the store nearly as much as someone else can, plan accordingly. Right, um, right. The other thing is if you can plan for the whole month and maybe you're somebody who, okay, I still want to go shopping a couple of times a week. That's fine. But at least when you go, you kind of have a plan of what you already know you're going to make or kind of what you're going to make and not feel like you're going to the grocery store just haphazardly. One of the things that bugs me, I live near my mother 
And so quite often she wants to do grocery shopping together or let's do meals together. And so there's constant calls, what's for dinner? Like, I don't operate that way. I don't <laughs> think about dinner on a daily basis. I just don't. Um, and so, but majority of people, that's the way they grew up is thinking about each meal each day. I don't do that. Quite often, I if I've cooked, I've cooked for a couple of days and we have food in the fridge that I'll do a bunch of different grilled chicken. Like some will be barbecue, some will be teriyaki. And then we just mix and match. I have some roasted potatoes. I have some roasted sweet potatoes. There's broccolini that I've grilled. There's asparagus that I've grilled. And then it's much easier to go, oh, I'm just going to take some of this, this and this. And that's the one I'm having for this meal. And I never felt like I ate the same thing twice because I just mixed them all up. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm with you on, I can't, because I'm not going to cook every day. So I, most days, unless it's cooking day, it's like whatever's in that fridge is what I'm going to eat. It's like, (laughs) these are your options. But I do feel like your way is even better with the mix and match because I could be like, what do I feel like today given these options? Instead of, you know what you're eating because it's the same exact thing you ate on your last meal. (laughs) I think once you get in the habit of thinking about meal planning, like I said, on a monthly basis and leave flexibility, it's not like it's regimented. Oh, I plan my meals for the month so I can't change up what I do or I can't go out to eat or go order some food. Not like everybody's going out right now, but I can't order something in if I have a craving. No, of course you can. You just don't have to feel like you don't have a plan. So you're not at the last minute going, "Mm, what am I going to eat? Okay. So it sounds like you recommend kind of thinking of the ingredients you want to use first and then finding the recipes versus kind of finding the recipes and then, okay, what kind of ingredients do I need for this? If that works for you, yes. I believe there's a site that if you put in the ingredients you have, it'll spit out recipes that you can actually use with your existing ingredients. I definitely have heard of that before. Yes. One of them is called myfridgefood.com. I'll definitely add that to the show notes for anybody listening. My fridge food. Yeah. Because, you know, any type of help so that you're not feeling like, oh, too much anxiety about trying to figure out what it is you're going to do for this plan, especially if you go at it from the month's perspective, is better. Because you don't want to feel like it's a chore, but it's something you need to do. And it's definitely uh, beneficial. Yes, it is. And it, it just helps so much. What are the key things that you feel like you should have going into your meal prepping and your meal planning? Because I know one of the things you mentioned is like the, the meal prepping is separate from the actual meal planning. Yes, because then when you go to prep, now that you've done your planning... Now it's, do I have the right tools in the kitchen? For instance, I mentioned roasting vegetables a lot. Sheet pans for roasting are your friend. A lot of people don't have them at home, but they make life very simple to cook in large batches, having large half sheet pans, having a George Foreman grill, having a lot of people are getting air fryers now. I'm not a big air fryer person, but I have had friends who've made food in air fryers. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. So if that's something, if you like fried foods and you just want a different way to cook them that is healthier, I'm all for the air fryer. Uh, A lot of people in my circle recently have raved about the Ninja Foodie, which I believe is an air fryer and pressure cooker in one. 
So this having those right tools in the kitchen. I'm a big fan of rice cookers with steam baskets. So a lot of times people want to start eating brown rice. Well, if you cook brown rice on the stove, it's really challenging to get it perfect. And it either can come out really hard or really gummy. I'm a firm believer in having a rice cooker that has a brown rice button that you just put the rice in there, the water, push a button, and never have to think about it. And it's always perfect. Another thing I always tell people who want to convert to brown rice that tell me that they don't like it is because they normally start with long grain brown rice because we're used to eating long grain rice with white rice. Well, it has different texture. So if you're going to try and eat brown rice, you should look for medium or short grain. You'll like the flavor of it better and the consistency of it better than you would a long grain brown rice. So those are just a little bit of tips there. But as far as actual meal prepping, you want to start with your carbs first. So if you're going to cook rice, like I mentioned, or potatoes that you're going to roast in the oven, start with those first because they take longer to cook and then cook your proteins, cook your vegetables last. Vegetables always cook fastest. So I always say start with your complex carbs you're going to cook first and then your proteins and then finish off with your vegetables. The only vegetables that you would want to start sooner if you're going to make greens or green beans um, in the pot, something like that, that was going to take a little bit longer to get tender. But other than that, oh, and anything that you might put in the crock pot, any soups or stews or beans that you want to put in the crock pot, you'd want to start with those first, actually, because those, of course, take hours. So there's numerous times that I have put on a pot of beans in the crock pot and then and let those cook all day. And then later on, I'll cook my complex carbs, my uh, rice and my potatoes and then my proteins and my veggies. And by the time I'm done with those few things later on in the evening, my beans that I start in the morning are done. And then pretty much I'll have food for like three or four days. Okay. I really believe in... People always feel like meal prepping can be so daunting or something that's going to just take forever. And it's really just about having the right structure for for it. Because I've cooked, like I said, even those times that I was cooking hundreds of meals for people, I've still done it within five or six hours for all of those people for a whole week. Wow. But it's really just about having it in the right order of which how you're cooking things. Right, right. Yeah. So technique is key, I see. Yes. And I need all the technique hacks. If you can, not everybody can do this, but it's something that I've started doing a lot more recently is prepping. And I don't mean actually cooking, but I mean like chopping or taking things out of package the minute you come home from the grocery store. Wow. If you can find a way to plan when you go shopping to as soon as I get home, I'm going to at least break it down. So then when I put it in the refrigerator, all I have to do is go, you know, do my saute or do what actually cook it. I don't actually have to do the chopping of anything. It actually makes storing it easier and it makes you feel like you have, you don't have to spend nearly as much time cooking. Yeah, that's definitely true. I don't know. I I don't know what it is about grocery shopping for me. Maybe other people are not like this, but I'll go and I'll be so tired from shopping. I don't even feel like doing anything, but maybe if I say, okay, I don't have to cook a meal but I just could like do the chopping and stuff. Maybe that's cool enough where I could be like, all right, I'll chop it up and put it in the refrigerator. Cause yeah, by the time I come home, I'm like done. (laughs) But maybe, you know, if I just say, okay, I don't have to do everything. I don't have to chop and cook. 
I'll try that because I need something to do better than what I have been doing because I'm trying to be committed and, you know, eating healthier, home-cooked, non-processed foods all the time. And I know the first thing I gravitate towards is not that when I'm tired and don't feel like cooking. It sounds like, do you do a lot of soups or stews or do any crock pot cooking? So I have, I've been getting into that here lately. Okay. And that's been good for me because, you know, it satisfies that, but it also is easier for me to be able to eat multiple days. I can make a big amount and even freeze some. And that's yeah. been my saving grace too. So it's like, oh, I can cook because I live by myself. So I can cook a big batch and then eat, you know, eat some and freeze some from jump. And so then I can eat some for a few days and then maybe a week or two later, pull that back out when I'm tired and don't feel like doing anything else. Yes, I highly recommend that. That would help you a lot. And then also, and don't feel like when I, well, a couple of things. I was going to say, don't feel like when I suggested prepping as soon as you get home, don't feel like you have to do that for everything. Like even if it's just a few things that, you know, are either the ones that are the most time consuming that you feel that you can go ahead and do that or the ones that, you know what, if I do nothing else, I know I can knock these out really quick. I know I can get my broccoli prepped or bell peppers prepped or, you know, little things like that, whatever is easiest for you. The other thing I was going to suggest, do you use any of the shopping services like Instacart or any of the grocery delivery services? I do. And I, I definitely use them more so in the winter. But mm -hmm. I picked up even more so this year in particular because of COVID. Right. Um, just trying to avoid the stores for a long time. I've been going back, but now since the temperature has uh, dipped below freezing, best right. believe I will be back with my Instacart orders. So that part, you know, now with them doing it, yeah, I'll definitely be able to just get them, wipe them down because I still do that. And then <laughs> chop and, you know, so that part, yeah, that's going to be the cheat code. Yes, it is. And I was going to say for any of your listeners that have access to being able to use one of those services, please do. If you can, if you can make that happen for yourself, that has been my saving grace. It was my saving grace when with my meal service is having them do my shopping. But yes. after I got rid of my service full time, Still having them do that. I've learned, one of the things I've learned repeatedly this year is if you can take time for yourself, what can you delegate? So delegating grocery shopping to Instacart and taking that little bit of extra time for myself to do things that I wouldn't normally have time to do has been a major saving grace. And I know you're, you're all about health and wellness in all shapes or forms. That's a big part of self-care. If you can find time to delegate something like that, do so. I highly recommend it. Yeah, a definite life hack. A definite life hack. And, and I have to remember, it's definitely life in general, but I'm just not always with it. Sometimes I have bad health days myself where mm -hmm. I'm just too tired to do much of anything. So I have to kind of plan ahead for that too. Like, you know what? You're banking on the fact that you're going to be with it, but you know, living with the autoimmune disease, that ain't promise. So this planning thing is definitely a good idea for me, you know what I'm saying? So I hope others also find it helpful too, because whether you just, you know, have a lot of children, you have a very demanding career, 
You just don't want to think about it from day to day. Like it works for so many different lifestyles. It really does. You know, a lot of us get so off track with taking time for just to go for a walk or just to sit and breathe or meditate or read a book. Like one of the things on my real estate side, one of my real estate coaches said to me a long time ago, how much is your time worth? Mm. And right. And so I think about that a lot more this year. So when I say, you know, delegate that to someone, if you can afford to do so, because how much is your time worth? How much is your time for you worth? Can you take time to actually relax and take a bath that you wouldn't have the time to do if you have to rush and do this, 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 and that? So, or, you know, if you want to work out at home, but you don't because you don't have time to do that, like how much is your time worth? So is it worth it to you to pay that $5.99 to pay someone to go do your shopping for you? And you can take a little time for yourself. Right. So do you have any particular resources or things, any go-tos? I know you were saying that you kind of sometimes would repurpose a recipe or make it healthier. What kind of places are good to try to come up with different ideas for variety or things like that? So when I first started changing my recipes, I literally would Google healthier version of spaghetti sauce or spaghetti sauce with ground turkey or how can I do a ground turkey chili, I think was the first one of the first things I did. Or and so I would just keep doing that. Like what is let's say one of your favorite things to eat is mac and cheese. How can I do a healthier mac and cheese? I literally just Google those things. And then start looking for the recipes that had the cleanest ingredients. Okay. And so if I saw a spaghetti sauce recipe that had sugar, that asked for sugar in it, then clearly that's not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, little things like that. So that's where I started at first. If it called, called for butter originally and someone else had a way to do it with olive oil or to switch to coconut oil or little things like that. I would just start to look for ways I could just slowly change an ingredient here or there. Because the other thing that happens when you start to change to healthier recipes is your palate starts to change and you start to notice that you don't crave the same things. You don't even taste food the same way the longer you eat cleaner versions of it. Yeah, because I know usually when I fall off and I go back, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... I taste the grease in things. I taste, you know, things yes. that I never tasted before. Because I remember I was eating clean for like six months and I randomly had a bag of Lay's, like just regular plain Lay's that I used to love. And you should just put some hot sauce on it because I'm just yep. like that. <laughs> they were kind of bad. And I was yeah. just like, what happened? These were like amazing but after eating clean and going back, I actually taste the grease. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these are so greasy. I can't believe I never noticed that. So your your tongue, your palate does change once you start eating. And you taste foods more, more richly. Yeah. You get the full flavor. And I would have never known that had I not tried it. Because I'd have been like, no, I taste my food. But really, you don't until you go you know, the other way. No, on the coaching side of my life, one of the biggest challenges I used to have was talking to parents or people who had children in their lives and they would come to me and they'd say, Katrina, 
But how do you do that with kids? Kids aren't going to eat. And one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when people say kids aren't going to eat and then fill in the blank with something. Kids eat what you give them. And kids don't know any better until they've been introduced to something. So for instance, my son didn't have any type of artificial sugar until he was three years old. And when he had his first birthday, I had friends who gave me the hardest time because I didn't buy him a birthday cake. And they're like, but he needs to have that. I'm like, are you listening to yourself? Like needs to have. And he's one. I'm like, first of all, he has no clue. Second of all, he doesn't need any of that. And his palate is still developing. I'm not saying he can never have sugar. I'm saying he can have it when his body has, when his palate, when his body, everything has matured enough to where he's not going to crave it to the extent that he will because he hasn't, doesn't know anything else. All right. So I'm also really grateful that the daycare provider he had until he went to preschool, she was like, when they say it takes a village, she was my godsend. I happened to find a daycare provider who fed the kids 75% organic. And her version of giving the kids a treat was frozen blueberries as a snack. So again, she's not giving them any candy. I'm not giving them any candy. So he has this whole world where he's being given fresh fruits that are naturally sweet as his form of a treat. So that's the way his palate was able to develop. I'm very well aware that everybody has access to all of that, but I always say, do what you can. But when it comes to kids, a lot of people will say, you know, what kids will and won't do. I'm like, last last time I checked, kids don't grocery shop. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. They only know what you give them. Don't sell them short. Kids don't like broccoli. Really? Have you, (laughs) how how do you know this? Because kids will get one of my son's first meals when he started eating solid food was brown rice. And I would put spaghetti sauce over the brown rice. And people would look at me like I was nuts. He would (laughs) tear that bowl up. Right, right. That's what he was used to. That's what he was already being fed, totally organic homemade foods from birth. Right. Again, I know part of that is also access because some people don't even have the budgets to do that. I'm very well aware of that. I There was a time in my life, you know, how I got into, when I said how I got into health and fitness was when the real estate market went down. Well, when the real estate market went down in 2008, I not only lost my business and my house, I couldn't sell a house to save my life because there were no loans available. So I got on food stamps. People say, well, you don't know. Oh no, I know. Very clear, been there, done that. When it comes to trying to feed my child healthy on food stamps. Yeah, yeah. I, I've lived that life, but I was still able to do it. That's when I learned that Trader Joe's took the EBT card. That's when I yeah. learned 99 cent only stores that a lot of them actually have produce departments in the back. That's right. when I learned that if you go to a farmer's market right before they close, not only can you use EBT, but you can get things cheap. And so I'm very grateful for that experience because did I not go through that, I wouldn't know that. And I wouldn't be able to share that experience with my clients. Like, nope. I will help you figure it out on a budget. Yeah. And I'm glad you shared that here. So if anybody (laughs) else was wondering or thinking maybe they can't do something, it's not going to be easy, you know, as other people who can just, you know, get on the app and have Instacart, go get them or whatever, but it can be done. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You just have to go about it different ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to connect with you outside of this, how would they go about that? They can go to my website, thinkkatrina.com. That's T-H-I-N-K, Katrina, K-A-T-R-I-N-A.com. All right, great. Find me, Think Katrina, everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can always find me that way. All right. Well, thank you again. And you have a nice day. Thanks, you too. So how was that? I definitely feel like I have some new ideas to try. It never really occurred to me to try to plan for like a whole month. Things went way left for me during the holidays. So a reset is on the horizon for me for sure. Like she said, you can find Katrina at thinkkatrina.com as well as Think Katrina on all social media. You can find Yo This Can't Be Life on Instagram and Facebook at Yo This Can't Be Life. We also have a new Twitter page, so please show us some love. Of course, we can be found on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. Please consider giving us a rating or review if you like the show or share it with your friends. Until next time.